Welcome back, everybody. This is Root Solution, learning how to control the basics. This is Kyron. This is Noah. And here we are. <laughs> and we back. <laughs> so, guys, welcome back to the show. Um, we are kind of taking a hiatus on guests. Unfortunately, we're trying to work some up for you guys because we think that that's where the gold is. But today we want to spend some time talking about your feetsies and why your feetsies deserve more love. Mm-hmm. So, feet, hands, proprioceptors. Mm. So, what does that mean? Basically, what it means is our feet and our hands send signals to our brain, right? So, those signals become really valuable because they're going to give us some sort of feedback. So, like back in the day, I used to like get mad at people for wearing gloves all the time in the gym because it would dull the sensors in the hand, which would affect grip which then affects the chain upstream, right? So if my grip, if my signaling from my hand isn't signaling the proper grip needed or output, it's going to affect the flexors in the wrist, flexors in the forearms, uh, elbow, bicep. You can go all the way up the chain, right? So those of you that are, you know, rocking the, the fingerless gloves in the gym, stop it. Just stop it. Go get Get manis, get your hands worked on if you don't like the calluses, but realize that those are really important. They want to be like Mike. Uh, what's that? They want to be like Michael Jackson, bro. That's right. <laughs> he, he. Uh, <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I never really understood that. Like, as a baseball player, like, I never wore batting gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually really liked the feel of the bat in my hand. I felt like I had a little bit more control, and I felt like I was able to, like, kind of do more with with adjustability and, and freedom granted i'm like one of few obviously because everyone wears batting gloves but um my hands are always really strong right and you know i grew up my dad fishing and digging in the backyard and doing yard work and um i started lifting weights early and there's a lot of information that suggests that having that connection to my hands is going to drive a lot of like muscle growth um Now, like that's, you know, we want to talk about feetsies, but the reality of the hands is the hands are much different than the feet, right? Like from a joint perspective, they're, they're adapted a little bit different, right? To like maintain load, but the harsh reality of our hands is they send feedback to our brain and significant feedback, right? Yeah. I mean, like for you, Kai, like you're over here playing with your beard right now, right? Yeah. Or kind of your beard, the beard in the works. Beard adjacent. (laughs) Beard adjacent, but that that's going to send sensory response to the brain, right? Yeah. And so I think that that though we're going to talk about feetsies and hands, I think understanding that there's feedback that's drawn from our limbs is really important, especially our hands and feet, right? Kai, do you did you used to wear gloves when you hit? Um, for a little bit, yeah, but um, kind of piggybacking off of that with golf. Right. In golf, you wear one glove. Some, right. you know, the very rare few wear two. But um, for the longest time, when I started in golf, I did not wear any glove. So, okay. you know, I felt that I had, <clears throat> you know, more control and I just didn't really want to get a glove. And um, and then when I got a glove, it was because this is really weird. I don't know why this happened, but my hands started getting sweaty when I was holding the glove. I mean, the glove, mm-hmm. the club. And so it compromised grip. 
So I actually swung and the club went flying because I yeah. did not have any grip. So I was like, okay, right. now I need a glove. So that glove um, gave feedback of like, okay, I can grip this club. I can feel confident with this club. So I don't know what it was that happened, but, um, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, another uh, thing about gloves and, and shoes and things like that, that we'll talk about that I see is, is function versus like fashion right sure because you know you know it's it looks cooler when you're uh, you know you have your walk-up song you're going up to plate and you got gloves on you got the sleeve you got all these things right it looks so much cooler than the guy walking up with just his hands yeah well you know it's interesting you say that right so like you know, with baseball, like we had pine tar available, we had other mm-hmm. things available um, to help hold on. Yeah. Something I never really understood in golf, right? You got leather handles on the golf club. It's hot. If you're a really good golfer, you're taking like 70, 70 something swings. If you're the rest of us, it's like 130. Um, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the harsh reality of, of gloves, right, for me was gloves are pure volume based right if i only had to take three swings um when playing golf i absolutely wouldn't need a glove right because my skin wouldn't get tore up yeah but it's the volume the sheer volume this mm-hmm. is why you wear the glove right same with baseball if i'm taking batting practice i'm gonna wear you know maybe i'll wear gloves because the reality is is i'm gonna take 30 40 swings in a row rest do it again whereas in a game you know in a game, i might have t- i might take 10 swings if i hit a bunch of foul balls right yeah. So like a game, I didn't really need gloves. And so I think it comes down to that. Like, do I need them idea as well? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, pine tar chalk in a gym setting, uh, there's plenty of stuff you can use to kind of help solidify grip as well as like prevent um, slipping. But the thing that the, the big thing that I see with all this stuff is there's recent research that's come out that we found that there's a hormone called, it's oxy osteoclasin osteocalcin osteocalcin so and so what they found is that osteocalcin is created it's a hormone created when you get feedback from your feet and hands uh under impact and so what they found is that through these studies they realized that bone density is adapted not necessarily based on load but based on feedback from the hands and feet mm-hmm. and so this is kind of an interesting thing to, this is kind of a really big deal. If you think about it in terms of like bone density from a a longevity standpoint, from a general health standpoint, from athletes trying not to get hurt standpoint, right? Like if you're an athlete and you're trying not to get hurt, bone density is important. If you're a senior citizen who doesn't want to break a leg or break a hip becomes very important. Mm -hmm. And so this hormone, what it's going to end up doing is it's going to drive the feedback to create density, more density in the bone itself. Yeah. Now, the feedback is based on impact. Mm-hmm. And so what they found is that they only get this hormone if we have vibration. And so without vibration, there is no hormone. So if you think about that, with our hands, we don't get a lot of vibration because there's not a lot of impact, right? We're not doing a lot of like ballistic things with our hands. We're not jumping and landing on our hands. So, you know, there are some people who do some push-ups and things like that, but. Well, the, that's what CrossFit's for, for all those burpees. Right. Totally. Um, but, you know, ironically, like 
maybe, maybe, right? Like maybe yeah. that does drive a denser form and a denser like humeral head, right? Like I don't know. Um, depending on both. Depending on form, of course, right? But what it, what that does mean for feet is that we need impact on our feet, and so you know, shoes are a, a hot button issue, right? Like I have conversations with people regularly about shoes. Um, I don't necessarily think that everybody has the prerequisites to necessarily wear like minimalist shoes or or yeah, no yeah. shoes or you know virums or you know what i mean like this those those uh finger toe shoes yeah right so there's a there's a necessary prerequisite to build that stuff out right yeah and so i'm not suggesting all of you out there in podcast land go and just bail on your shoes and start like trail running with no shoes on and shit like that's not what i'm saying but what i what i am saying is that having a little bit of impact on your bare feet is going to be really beneficial Additionally, the only way we're going to build a better foot is to challenge the foot's position. So if you take a shoe and, and granted guys, this is probably better suited for like a YouTube with a video, but if you take your foot that has maybe a high arch that maybe has very little toe control and you put them on a cloud that fits the form of the feet that fills those gaps, the foot doesn't have to fill those gaps, meaning that the foot doesn't have to adapt to get better. And so if the foot isn't going to adapt and get better, then we're going to have problems beginning at each step, literally every step we take. There's a lot of information that suggests that the big toe is the primary driver for the glute function. There's a lot of information that suggests that that plantar tissue is going to drive Achilles health. And that plantar tissue is that tissue along the base and bottom of the foot, right? That drives your ability to pick up your big toe. So knowing that the stuff in your feet affect upstream, right? If you're a, a fitness model who wants a better butt, we know that you better get your toe down when you're doing RDLs or you're not going to use your glute anyways. Yeah. If you're um, a mom who's got bunions, we know that your shoes are probably too small and you need toe spreaders to spread those feet out. Um, if you're... <laughs> of course bunions are of course hereditary yeah no it's definitely not adaptation of load right like <laughs> guys this is the this is the stuff that kai and i hear all day long right so people will come to us and say oh well, i have bad feet because my mom had bad feet so like that means you were born you came out and your feet were bad no 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 guys your feet are going to adapt to load if you've got a wide hobbit foot like myself and you try to ram them in some nikes it's going to jack up your toes. If you're the guy who's always wearing, um, I'm in California. We call them thongs here, but whatever. Who calls the sandal, thong, 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 thong. Um, the, 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 the sandals where you've got to pinch your toes together to keep them on, you're going to lose function of your big toe, right? Because every time you step, your big toe is pinching inward and not feeling the floor, right? Um, so like, for me, I'm a great example. Like I have a really hard time finding shoes that fit my feet because my feet are very wide and they've been that way forever. And unfortunately, with my daughters, it's the same problem. And so, you know, I found some stuff that works, but I end up being barefoot more times than not. Like I work barefoot for the most part. Um, I like to train barefoot if I can. Um, people like you jump barefoot, you sprint barefoot. Yeah, guys. Yes, I do all those things. And so 
you know, this is a, a like there's a lot here and Kai and I are, are going to try not to rant too much or at least myself. But what I realized once I stopped wearing shoes was that all of a sudden my arch settled. All of a sudden I could pick up my big toe. All of a sudden a lot of my foot pain went away. All of a sudden bunions went away. I haven't quit wearing Converse. Like I actually like find Converse fashionable and I wear Converse out. But the thing is, I don't spend all my time in Converse. So ladies, if you like heels, I'm not saying don't wear heels. Like they're cute. They make your butt look good. I'm into it. But the reality of heels is I can't, you can't live in them, right? So if you want to go to work and you want to put on those heels and you want to go hot girl summer on it, cool. (laughs) Do it. Like wear the heels. But when you get to your desk, take the heels off, put on some slippers, put toe spacers in. Like play with your feet, like move your feet around, right? It's crazy to me how little we care about our feet and how important they are. Like if your feet are fucked, you can't walk, you can't run, you can't jump, you can't squat, you can't hike, right? Um, I've got a full rant here, Kai. I'm sure you have a lot of things to say here. Um, Jump in at any point. (laughs) Yeah, no. um, I mean, I totally agree with all of it. I think that you know, one of the biggest things that I learned from like FRC was like the um, the only bad posture is the posture you're staying too long, right? Right. It's the same thing with shoes, right? If, right? if you're in your shoes for eight hours a day and it's crushing it and it's forming it into this point at the top, then of course you're going to have bunions. Of course you're going to have dysfunction. Of course it's going right. to be harder for you. And, you know, my mom, she had uh, she, she works in corporate, so she has to wear heels. And every day that she came back from work, she would take her heels off and put slippers on and drive home and she would get foot cramps. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, you basically squished your toes together and your foot together, and then you let it breathe. And then you're trying to do all the things that you think you can do, but your, your foot's like, uh, no, thanks. We don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't do foot. that. Yeah. So I think that, you know, you make a good point. Like, um you know when you get to work have a a second pair of shoes or or even just go barefoot right if they're comfortable with that um yeah you know some people are a little germaphobic but whatever well Um, i'll be honest like so for me when i worked in mortgage i had on i had um nice looking dress slip-on shoes right mm -hmm. um fashionable and then when i got to work i i had a a foot mat Mm -hmm. Uh, i had a stand-up desk um and I went to my cubicle and I took my shoes off and I was barefoot. And yeah. when I went to go to a meeting, I put my shoes back on. Or when I went to the copier, I put my shoes back on. Like, I don't want to be the weird guy, right? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting you guys walk into like a five-star restaurant barefoot or in Byrooms by any means. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, have a practical idea of how to better give your foot a break, right? Yeah. And so yeah. like, if you guys go on YouTube and look up tow cars and foot cars you guys can sit there and you guys can play with your big toe and you can play and spread your toes and you can stretch your feet out and use toe spacers they're like five bucks on amazon right so i think like yeah to your point like just find solutions that allow you to not live in those shoes and you can still wear cute shoes to a wedding you know um so let's go let's i got off track with that one i went way off where i wanted to go with this so this idea (laughs) of um oxycalcin right so oxycalcin is going to give us the opportunity to create denser bones through impact so those of you out there that don't train barefoot or don't do things barefoot 
my recommendation is do a little bit of plyometrics barefoot. Keep it small to start. Maybe it's just jump roping on a yoga mat. Um, and then it's jump roping off the yoga mat with no shoes on. And then it's um, high knees in place. Maybe it's a light jog around a gym setting or, or somewhere safe where your feet aren't going to be stepping on rocks and shit. But find a way to start being more, more often barefoot. Go to the beach, walk on the beach, long walks on the beach, jogs on the beach, right? Stuff that are going to drive impact that are going to allow you to use your feet in those settings, right? And then you can build up. Like I deadlift barefoot, I squat deadlift. I squat barefoot, I split squat barefoot, I bench press barefoot. And people always laugh, they're like, why are you doing upper body barefoot? Yo, I'm loading my feet, you guys. Like when I'm doing a lat pull down, I'm driving my feet into the floor. When I'm doing a standing curl, there's additional weight on top of my body that's loading my feet. I have to maintain an arch. I have to hold posture and position. It's valuable to be barefoot as much as you can in a gym setting. Um, so my recommendation for you guys is try to be barefoot if you can. Um, try to do more stuff barefoot. Be around a house more barefoot. And then start working your way towards a shoe that's not a Nike that allows you to have more, more space. There's a lot of non-niche shoes that look pretty good. Like, what are they, like, Foot Joy and like shit like that, right, Kai? Uh, Bevo, Barefoot. Um, yeah. Innovate. In, innovate? Innovate? Yeah, Innovate has some. Um, um, I mean, if you just go to the foot collective on Instagram or whatever, they have like tons of different resources and I think they have shops now too. Yeah. Um, with like wide, wide, um, wide box, uh, right. for people with wider feet and to so leave your toes room. Most people, by the way, that I encounter are wearing shoes that are too narrow. Yeah. Would you say it's safe? That's a safe statement, Kai? I, I mean, that's fashion, right? The, the sure. thinner it is, the more point it has, the, the cleaner and sexier it looks. Right. Yeah. And so that said, right, most of us have wider feet, which yeah. is that we, for whatever reason, I normalize it. And I don't know why. But the truth is, is, is your foot's supposed to be wide. It's, mm -hmm. it's borderline a flipper, right? It's yeah. meant to create balance and help you walk. It's but, so funny but, you say that because um, my ex-girlfriend would say, like, why are you wearing those platypus shoes? And I'm like, because I want my foot to work. I don't, wanna, I don't care about that. I don't hate my foot. Yeah. Totally. So here's, here's a food for thought for you guys. And we're going to keep this podcast pretty short today. But um, guys, power's going out in a few minutes. So um, we're going to lose yeah. Kyle altogether. Yeah. Whoops. So um, if we think about our big toe and the trajectory of a big toe, and I'm going to try to explain a really complex idea, um, hopefully well. If my big toe lacks control, when I'm walking and my foot is behind me, my toes should be flexed back. They do that, right? My fingers don't flex back. My toes do. The joint should flex straight back. We would call this like flexion of the big toe, which is also contributing to dorsal flexion of the ankle. Those are the fancy words. What they really mean is your toe goes towards your knee, right? Mm -hmm. If my toe lacks control and I can't pick my big toe up actively, 
when I go to push off my back foot, which isn't the right way to walk, but that's another conversation. When I go to push off my back foot, I can't push off of the big part of my toe, the fat pad. So what happens is my toe turns out. Okay. Now, if you guys think about this, if my foot has to turn out because my toe is turning out, that also means that my knee turns out and my hip turns out. So that means that every time I step, I have to externally rotate my hip. If we think about the pattern of, of walking, walking, if anything, should be a pull through the front leg and sprinting is an internal rotation of the back hip. So actually externally rotating the, the leg while you walk is the worst thing you can do. The duck walk. The duck walk, right? And most people, there's a lot of people that fall in this category. Now, a large percentage of client base that I've seen recently that has glute and hip pain has glute and hip pain because they constantly are shortening the tissue in their lateral glute, the outside of their butt cheek, because when they walk, they're rotating their hip outward. Mm -hmm. So their hip pain is because their big toe doesn't have contact control with the ground when they walk. So the, this podcast has lots of folds and probably could be far more in depth. And we might even do a second one, but the value of being barefoot is that one, I can repattern that position, right? Two, I can train my foot where I need it to be trained under load when I'm squatting and doing other things. And then three, the easiest way to fix sprint mechanics is to have people sprint barefoot. I would argue that a big reason why sprint mechanics and plyometric mechanics get messed up is kids start at a young age and they start in like a Nike shoe. Yeah. So what's happening is you're taking kids, you're putting them on a cloud when they don't need to be there. They don't have any control or contact with the floor. And then you're making them do shitty mechanics, which is creating a bad pattern. It's really difficult to run barefoot badly yeah because it fucking hurts yeah if you heel strike with no shoe on your body will quickly make an adjustment because it hurts if you have an issue with running and poor running mechanics find a park with grass and sprint barefoot it will solve all of your problems guaranteed i can definitely attest to that um so two stories First one is um, going because I played baseball and basketball growing up. So going from basketball season, being in a shoe that, again, is narrow. It's yeah. Um, and going from like short bursts of like energy and, um, you know, constantly like stopping and pivoting to mm. baseball season where it's not a lot of sprinting. It's kind of slower. And each season in the very beginning of baseball season, I would get uh, plantar fasciitis like symptoms. Like yeah. I would feel like the bottom of my foot was just going to rip. And, you know, it's that the same concept. Like you're going from one squeezed shoe to a different squeezed shoe that now has more traction. And if you don't have control of that big toe, it's being squished into the other toe and you're trying to sprint to first pace as fast as you can, it's going to freaking rip. <laughs> like, um, 
Yes. There's that story. This is also, by the way, that's turf toe. Turf toe, yeah. Right? So, like, one of the most common football player injuries in camps is turf toe because you've taken these guys that have been running in a soft shoe all offseason in a gym and you put them in a hard, firm, fucked up cleat and that cleat cramps down on their feet and literally crushes their toes while they're producing massive amounts of force. Yeah, That's turf toe. The solution to turf toe is a cleat that fits weird and working on toe control. Yeah. Turf toe goes away. And to your point, baseball cleats are hard. They're rock fucking hard. hard. The reason they're hard is because if you get hit in the foot, they don't want your foot to break. Yeah. So you have these hard, stiff leather shoes. I was a catcher, right? And a foul ball of your foot could end your season. Mm-hmm. So the shoe was stiff and hard. Basketball, conversely, needs to be pliable, movable, because you're going to have a lot of adjustability where you don't have it in baseball. Yeah. Those things are really interesting concepts. And I love that you brought that up because the reality is, is this is normal for people. Yeah. Because if you have someone who plays recreation sports, like myself, play softball once a week, you're you're going to all these different shoes, and none of them are great, really. None of them. Yeah. And so if you're a young lady who's doing the same thing with fashionable shoes, but they're all narrow and they're all pointed, we have a real fucking problem. Go on to your next story for me, Kai. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is um learning about this stuff and then going from you know nikes adidas like all these shoes going into barefoot shoes or zero drop shoes that have you know no arch support anything like that it's a wider toe box that's what i was looking for a wider toe box anyway um (laughs) so going from that to um i i got vivo barefoot shoes walked around in them for a whole day and the next day my calf was like immensely sore my the bottom of my yeah. foot felt like it was going to rip again and i was just yeah. like wait a minute i thought this was a good thing but like you said right there's prerequisites there's things that you need to do before you get into that and later learn that you know you go from the regular shoes that you wear to these and you wear them for like an hour then you yeah. wear from two hours and then you wear from three hours so don't go a whole day wearing that um but i did also find that um i had gotten zero zero shoes it's a xero um mm-hmm. the guy was on a shark tank or whatever but he has really good shoes and uh, sandals as well but um i started wearing those shoes and they're a little bit more comfortable but i started running with those and like you said the heel strike it it just is super uncomfortable and you have to change or else you're going to keep running and, and it's just going to keep hurting and you're eventually going to stop running. But yep. um, I definitely learned better sprint mechanics by doing that because um, I learned more like hitting the front foot or forefoot right. um, when sprinting, when running, things like that. And it, it really helped a lot. So I think that it, it makes a lot of sense to just go on to um, grass um, has a little bit less impact on your knees and foot and, um, and yes. really hitting the forefoot and, 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 um, and learning that, especially like off season. Right. I think that right. is super helpful uh, for, for any athlete that's going into like football, basketball, baseball, any type of sprinting, or even like um, 
side to side, right? Like tennis, things like that, Mm -hmm. working on those things barefoot, getting that proprioception, meaning, you know, you're going to get more feedback to your foot and then starting to implement, you know, shoes and, and things like that. So to your point, I had a conversation with a hockey player today and hockey players notoriously have horrible feet, right? Cause their skates are hard. They're booted up right all the way to the top. So their ankle mobility is really shot because they literally just go their whole life without it. Yep. And uh, we were talking about his back hurting while deadlifting. And so I said, Hey, okay, cool. Deadlift. Let's see what it looks like. And the guy couldn't hold his, there's no stability in his ankles or feet. Yeah. So his back is hurting because he can't stabilize and hold position from where he's trying to produce force at the bottom. And so that's the thing, right? It's like, if I can't produce force at the bottom and control my limbs, we have a problem. Yeah. So, you know, we're both basketball fans. Steph Curry years ago started using a lot of FRC methods. So Steph Curry was, is a really great basketball player. He's famous for uh, having really bad ankles and then suddenly not. And a lot of what he did was he started working on building out his ankle strength, his foot strength, his dorsiflexion, his plantar flexion, and strengthening those positions. And so he didn't have a knee up problem and he didn't have an ankle problem. He had a knee down problem, everything from the bottom, tibial tissue, Achilles, calf, which again is a common problem in basketball, right? Like Achilles and calf issues. So the reality here is, is everybody has these problems, but nobody does things barefoot. And that's going to be something that's got to change. Now let's talk really quick. because I know we're going to lose Kai in here in a few minutes, but let's talk about prereqs really quick and what prereqs are. Because those of you out there like, cool, okay, you've sold me. Like, I'm going to now create this hormone by being barefoot and I'm going to have denser bones and I'm going to create better muscle tissue because my big toe goes down. So my butt looks better and all this cool shit happens when I go barefoot. But what are these prereqs we're talking about? So for me, Kai, the things I look for, and you can add in as much as you, you like here. I look for a couple things. One, I look, can you lift your big toe up about 60 degrees off the ground? independently of your other toes. So those of you out there in podcast land, take shoes off, look down at your feet, try to pick up your big toe. It's so much harder than you think. There's a neurological connection there, right? Can my brain communicate to my foot? The next one, can I leave my big foot, big toe down and pick up all my little toes? Much like these fingers here, right? My fingers on my hand. So if I can't pick up most those toes, those fingers, or I can't pick up those toes and I can't wiggle them, then we have a problem. Okay. Cause now they're working. They don't work independently from my plantar tissue. Okay. Those are, those are two big ones for me. The other one is, can I flex my plantar tissue itself? So if I take my big toe, put it down and put my rest of my fingers, my toes down and pull my toes towards my heel, does the arch of my foot flex? Yes or no. And if it doesn't flex, we don't have control over plantar tissue and that's a problem. Yeah. But, We'll go a little bit deeper just into the, the ankle. The ankle, I ask what you want to do with your life typically before I have a conversation about the ankle. But I believe that you need at least 105 degrees of dorsiflexion, meaning that I can take my foot on the ground while I'm standing and pick up my whole foot off the ground at least a couple of inches. So can you rock up to your heels and get your foot off the ground while you're standing normally in a not, and not in a shoe? And then can I tilt my foot to either direction inside? Those are typically enough for me as a practitioner to say, okay, you can walk, you can control position when walking and you're in a good spot. Kai, do you have anything to add to that? 
Um, no, I definitely agree with all of that. I, I typically look for um, their gait cycle. So I look at how they walk um, and how, if they're doing like heel to toe, if they're doing um, the drag, if they're, you know, using their hip flexors more than their glute, like things like that. Um, I typically look at gait more, but definitely if they're on the table, I'm looking at, you know, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion, things like that, pushing their foot down, pulling their toe towards their knee. Um, and so Kai, the stuff you're talking about is practitioner stuff, which I would agree with that as well. Like, yeah. can we go heel toe? Are we pulling with our hamstring? Are we able to get to hip extension without tilting pelvis, things yeah. like that? That's nerdy stuff that I don't think people are going to yeah. check on their own. Yeah, but I agree I tend with to do that. all those things. In terms of something people can check at home when they listen yeah. to this podcast, do you mm-hmm. have anything you want to add? Checking at home. Um, I mean, I think you nailed it. I think that all those things, right? Like when I first started looking at my, my feet, right? Because I had bunions because of basketball, baseball, like all those things. Numerous years of, of being in those shoes, um, I started trying to pick up my big toe without picking up my other toes. And in the beginning, it was like impossible. And then, you know, the more you work on it, the more you're focused and intentional on those, it gets better. Um, and, you know, eventually uh, the bunion actually decreased in uh, angle, I guess. In, in spirit. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just being aware that, you know, do I have control over my toes is, is a big thing. I think that's the biggest thing to start. Um, you know, can I lift them? Can I push them down? You know, how does it look when it's resting? Things like that. Um, Cause a lot of people, when they wear those shoes, they get uh, what's called hammer toe. So then, um, you know, when you are relaxed, your toes tend to bend um, from the, from the middle and it, it looks like a little arch. So at that point, you know, there's lack of control in, in, um, in extending it and flexing it towards right. um but yeah i think you know trying to independently move your big toe and your other toes and then try to flatten them out try to pick them up one by one all the frc fun stuff you know yeah um if you guys want more information on this stuff if you just type in functional range conditioning feats on youtube you'll get a lot of it there's a lot of really good resources there for it yeah, even the Foot Collective too. The Foot Collective is great. There's a lot of space out there um, that talks about feet quite a bit, and I, I think they're great places to start from a treating practitioner standpoint. Like, I look at feet a lot, and I, yeah. I think a lot of feet are going to drive knee and hip pain. We're going to do a podcast here in the next couple of days on our thoughts on knees over toes stuff. Yeah. Um, and so we're definitely going to talk through that as well. Um, yeah, but the reality here, what's that? I do want to add um, – um, like you said, with uh, making an arch in your foot without um, scrunching the toes, the mm-hmm. whole short foot thing, um, especially for people who have flat feet mm-hmm. um, or had been diagnosed with flat feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that old diagnosis thing. Well, and that's the funny thing about this, right? Is like you start like having conversations like today when I was working with my hockey player and we started talking about foot position while deadlifting. You know, I was like, man, like you're creating force upwardly from the foot. Like Mm -hmm. if your foot is willy nilly all over the place, like how are you going to connect to your glute? How are you going to connect to your hamstring? Like what those are the primary muscles you're looking to adapt from. 
Those are the muscles you want to skate off of. Those are the muscles that make you faster. Those yeah. are the muscles that make gait pattern better. Like those are the muscles we're trying to affect. And so then people can't understand why when they do stuff, they only feel their quads. Well, yeah. you only feel your quads because you can't contact your, you, you can't connect to your feet. Yeah. And so if you're not going to connect to your feet, you're always going to only feel your quads. Mm-hmm. Right. So it starts with the feet guys. It's that simple. Keep it really, really simple here. Like just check the feet out yeah. um, and do shit barefoot guys. Jump roping barefoot is, is not hard to do. Like we can all go buy a jump rope. They're cheap as shit. Like go buy a jump rope, go spend, do 30 seconds on one minute off for five rounds, start there and build out. I jump rope barefoot all the time, guys. It's great. It's really, really, really great. Um, I think that's an easy way to build in quality impact that can be managed. That's not going to really beat you up and hurt you. Yeah. So I would start there. Um, honestly, you can just hop up and down. You don't even yeah. have to jump rope. Just, just listen to jump around and just- jump around. Oh, wow. Kai. <laughs> Kai almost made a podcast without a dad joke. Almost, uh, but you're not wrong. Not wrong. Um, guys, I, uh, if you have questions about this stuff, please feel free to reach out. Um, if you guys want, honestly, this is one that we can diagnose via zoom pretty good. So if you guys have questions, like hit us up, shoot us DMs. We can actually like zoom diagnose feet in about five minutes. Um, yeah, easiest five minutes of life. Right? Just zoom into the root solution. Um, so if you, if you guys have questions if you think your feet are bad um ask just ask the feet stuff is it's less complicated than you think and uh we can definitely help you out there uh like i said in the coming weeks we'll be talking about the knees over toes stuff um and what what our thoughts are with that stuff if you don't know what that is look over the look up the knees over toes guy on instagram um i really like his stuff yeah you know spoiler alert but um you know we can have a conversation about that as well so Guys, you can catch me on Instagram at root.solution. Facebook is the same. Um, look forward to continuing to reach out to you guys and talk to you more. The, the, I just get more and more feedback, which I love. So keep it coming. Kai, hit him with the underscores, buddy. Oh, yeah. At control underscore the underscore basics. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about knees over toes. So we will catch you guys on the flippity flop. Peace.